The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Game Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the game changers and change the world, you are in absolutely the right place. I always say it, I always mean it, and it's true. Let's look at what the buzz on the street is today. Oh, my. I found this in a Huffington Post article dated about a year ago, May 12, 2016, by Shane Farrow. Here's the quote. Imagine a world in which nothing gets thrown away. It's about much more than just recycling. Let me just let that sink in for a second. So what are we talking about here? We're going to introduce a concept today called the circular economy. No, I'm not going around in circles. The economy is. So what are we talking about here? The circular economy is gaining traction and awareness. That's why you're listening to us today. As visible in a recent announcement of a 24 billion euro EU circular economy package. That should be impressive. It's an attractive concept promising the efficient use and reuse of resources. Okay, nothing gets thrown away, recycling, uh uh-huh, and a strong business case, which is really important for utilities. However, Many companies, and you may be in those companies as you listen to us around the world, many companies are challenged to turn the potential of this concept into real practice. In other words, doing business. So how can you apply the concept to your operations at your organization and your resource streams? Well, I don't have the answer, but my panelists certainly do. I'm going to introduce you to three experts in the field in just a moment, but let me tell you first who they are. We're going to be welcoming uh, two newcomers as well as our regular guests. He's the sponsor of this series, but let me tell you first, the newcomers are Michaela Ella Rose. She's going to call, let me call her Ella, E-L-A. She's a senior sustainability advisor from the sustainable business team at the nonprofit Forum for the Future. Joining Ella on the panel will be Reich Kalina, and his first name is spelled R-A-I-K. His last name is K-U-L-I-N-N-A, if you want to look him up. He is the Global Lead for Waste, Recycling, and Environmental Services at SAP. And rounding out the panel, of course, is our series sponsor and our guru on these topics, James McClellan. He's a Senior Global Director of SAP Utilities and Industry Energy Industry Marketing at SAP. So we have a lot to talk about with these three, and I've already introduced in the form of their titles concepts of waste and recycling and environment and sustainability on top of our title, which is the circular economy. So let me first welcome Ella Rose. I won't say Michaela anymore, Ella. And Ella has sent us a quote from Donella H. Meadows. Uh, Let's see. She's Donella H. Dana Meadows, born 1941 and lived until 2001. 
She was a pioneering American environmental scientist, teacher, and writer, best known as the lead author of the influential book, The Limits to Growth and Thinking in a in Systems, a primer or primer, if you prefer. And here is the quote that Ella has selected from Ms. Meadows. A system must consist of three things, elements, interconnections, and a function or purpose. Changing elements usually has the least effect on the system. Well, that's provocative. Ella Rose, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hello, Ronnie. Hi, thank you for joining us. Tell me something. Have you read this book, The Thinking on Systems, a primer? And how would you say, a primer or a primer? What's your preference? I would say a primer, but I'm not me too. English. So. <laughs> me too, me too. It's okay, and I am, and you're with me. So tell me something. How did you pick this quote? How does it relate to our topic? We're talking sustainability and recycling and resources and, and waste not, want not, if you will. I think we're going to bring that up in a little while. So t- give me an introduction to the quote. Ella? Yeah, no problem. Um, so um, I work at Forum for the Future, and um, we are driven by an approach that we call system innovation. So uh, Donella is one of the key thinkers that we often uh, refer to and read about as well and use in our work. Um, and um, when we look at the circular economy, it is based in a systemic approach, as we call it. Um, so it is a vision of an econ- economy that is um, run very differently to the economy as we see it today. So um, it's basically aiming to change the purpose of the economy, because at the moment we see an economy that is very linear, uh, exploitative, and self-centered. Um, but the circular economy aims for a restorative um, uh, and uh, sim- uh, symbiotic um, economy that is much more like nature, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, when we look back at the quote, then um, it sort of shows that, you know, we, we can't only change the resources that we use in, in the flows of our systems, but we actually have to change the purpose and the interconnections of the system to make the circular economy work. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And, and we're talking systems here. Um, one quick question for you, Ella, before I bring on Rake and Reich and then James. The question is, are we only talking to utility companies? Or are we talking to everybody? Because everybody is a contributor to what we would call the, the big idea of the environment. So I know we're focusing on utilities of the future. That's the series. But this information is appropriate for everybody. Am I right? Yes, very good question. Um, I think for the circular economy to work, as it is a very systemic approach and very big vision, um, every industry and every business has to be involved to really make it work, yes. Thank you very much. Wanted to get more of a global viewpoint there. Thank you, Ella. It's a pleasure to meet you. And by the way, I'm going to ask you later, but I may as well ask you now, where are you calling from? Uh, From the UK, from London. Okay. I love the accent. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now let's welcome Reich Kalina, Global Lead for Waste Recycling and Environmental Services. What a great title, Reich, because it, it hits everything we're talking about. And Reich has sent us a quote today from Samuel Johnson, who lived from 1709 to 1784, referred to as Dr. Johnson. He was an English writer who made lasting contributions to literature as a poet, an essayist, a moralist, a literary critic, a biographer, an editor, and 
and a lexicographer, interestingly enough. He was a subject of perhaps the most famous biography in English literature called The Life of Samuel Johnson by James Boswell. Maybe the next most famous biography in English literature will be the biography of Reich Kalina. We can only hope. So Reich has picked the following quote from Samuel Johnson. Life, however short, is made shorter by waste of time. Right, Kalina, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, and I'm happy to be in the show with the two other guests and you, Bonnie. Well, you are very kind, sir. I appreciate that. You just earned your own biography by, we'll have to find out where James Boswell, if he isn't, we'll get James McClellan to write your biography. So, Reich, tell me, are you a big fan of, J- of Samuel Johnson's, and how did you pick this quote for us today? Yeah, that quote was written in a context of a common principle, and uh, the author uh, pointed to, uh, to, to the aspect that's very common to overlook what's in the near and uh, focus what's possible and what's possible today. And because people think that a big invention needs to be uh, done and then the world is getting better. And that is very important aspect for today's topic, circular economy. Many parts and many aspects are available today. We can apply the circular economy, plus we can apply the principles of digital transformation and make the world much better. And that's what I like in this principle, and it was written in this concept, and it was written at a time at which the people doesn't uh, use so many resources. So it's very uh, interesting uh, when it was created. And interestingly... I translated it to my topic and to my work and translated it and make it a little bit shorter. And my quote uh, would be, life, however short, is made shorter by waste. That's my quote for today. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I have a question for you, Reich, before I move to James. It's become very popular over many years ago. I remember back in the late 1970s living in the state of Oregon in the the major city of Eugene, and we had a composting pile in the backyard. So instead of throwing the food remains, the, the, the shreds of whatever we didn't eat at dinner or whatever was left over from prep, we threw them onto a compost pile. We sprinkled some magic fairy dust on it so it didn't smell too bad, and it created very rich soil. Is that something we're talking about, about being resourceful and circular? Is that part of the early version of the circular economy, or am I thinking of something else, right? Yeah, that's, that's the early principle of circular economy. But today, utilities, for example, can even use the energy that's in compost. So at first, producing biogas out of organic waste, and then compost it and uses as a uh, yeah as a compost in the in the farms in, in farms and so on. So that that's the new aspects that comes into it and that brings it to a new level and new business opportunities for utilities and uh, in other aspects for any kind of business. Very interesting. Thank you. I, I just, uh, James knows I like to add sidebars into the conversation from time to time and hope they resonate with our panelists. So thank you, Reich. James McClellan, I hope you're well. I'm very, very intrigued by your two panelists you've invited today. And James has brought us a quote that he thought was from his own mother. I introduced it earlier, waste not, want not. But it turns out that it has roots in something called Topper Takes a Trip by T. Smith back in the 
1770s. I actually think it was in the 1900s. Uh, Topper takes a trip. I, James may not be old enough. I know that Reich and Ella are certainly not old enough to remember a series, a TV series called Topper. And it was about uh, Cosmo Topper, a mild-mannered bank manager who was persuaded to take a walk on the wild side by the ghosts of two very elegantly dressed, elegantly spoken people named George and Marion Kirby. And apparently this is uh, Topper Takes a Trip as a 1938 film sequel of Topper 1937. It must have been a movie. I'm not going to go any further into that. So the quote is, waste not, want not. James McClellan, I hope I didn't upset you by saying your mother didn't originate that phrase. Talk to me. <laughs> you know, your, your sources never cease to amaze me, Bonnie. But, uh, <laughs> I try. Yeah, I, I think uh, many of us grew up with that, and, and to, to Ella's point, you know, if we take a look at today's society, we'd be, we've actually become, depending on where you live in the world, a society of waste, and mm-hmm. where we used to have some of the tools or where there wasn't access to many resources, you'll compost for the natural thing. I grew up uh, recycling, uh, but where I live right now, uh, it's too expensive to introduce a recycling-type collection here. And uh, in many cases, it's almost cheaper just to burn off waste uh, than it is to be able to sort through. So uh, I wanted to reintroduce back to a waste not want not, and we just can't make things cost prohibitive, uh, you know, because we, as, as Rake was saying, uh, it's, it's to make, the ultimate goal is to make the world a better place, and, and this is one of the key principles for it. Very, very interesting. Uh, James, I was mentioning after I introduced your two guests today, so many terms come up. Recycling, environmental services, waste, sustainability. That's part of Ella Rose's title at at, uh, Forum for the Future. What is the thought today, James? Is this breaking news to utilities that they need business cases for recycling resources? Is this a good thing? Are they saying, oh, wow, James McClellan, you make so much sense to us. We want to climb on the bandwagon and we're going to do this. Are they saying, oh, come on. So is this breaking news or is this already embraced? James, oh, some POV it, here? Yeah, I would say that it's already embraced, but it was cheaper you know, to go with fossil fuels in the past. Uh, and these are the ways that the plants were built, but we're entering into new business models, as Rake has already addressed, and we have to see what are new sources, what are cheaper sources, what are cleaner sources to generate energy. Uh, so this is starting to become really front of mind to many of the energy corporations that they're getting into new business models, and how can they do more with less or to reuse more with less or reuse. I like that. We, we got a lot of good keywords here, James. Thank you so much. And now let's circle back to Ella Rose in the UK. Ella, we already know where you are vaguely. If you want to tell us a little more, that would be great. But we're interested in knowing a little bit about you. What do you love to drink? If it's in your cup now, tell me. If not, what would you rather be drinking? Anything or everything. Go ahead, Ella Rose. Uh, if I could uh, choose my drink now, I would choose a coconut water. Um, because I'm sort of addicted to everything that's, that has some coconut flavor in it. I, I, I eat snacks that are, have coconut in them. I have creams of coconut and shower the, the, um, the, um, yeah, my, my shower gel also smells like coconut. So coconut water <laughs> would be my choice. <laughs> 
So if you walked in a room, we'd say, oh, my, it's Ella and, and coconuts, right? <laughs> well, I think they've been using coconut scent in all kinds of, uh, I'm thinking of suntan creams and lotions for years. I think that's where a lot of us were introduced to it. And today, it is so popular, everything with coconut. Am I right? So you're in luck. You're in luck. Thank you, Ella. Pleasure to have you on. Right, Kalina, where are you calling from? And what's in your cup today, or what are you thinking about drinking? Yeah, I'm calling from the headquarters of SAP, so sitting in my house. And uh, it's a city called Wieslach, and that's famous for the first gas station in the world. So Bertha Benz, the first driver, it was a lady that stopped in this small city here and uh, got gas on the first car of the world. So I'm sitting oh. here, and I have a drink with me, and I make it a little bit uh, interesting. So that drink represents the circular economy. So it's a drink that I would love to see in the hands of uh, chief sustainability officers while they're standing in front of their employees and explaining the opportunities of the digital circular economy business model. So that's getting more interesting for you. And it's probably the most used drink in the movies. Yes, that's true. It stands for innocence in the movies like Lolita or in Star Wars. <laughs> Wait a minute! You you just didn't it's position Lolita, Lolita next to Star Wars, did you? Seriously? <laughs> no, no. It's uh, it's it's used as an action movie. So in Star Wars, it's it's used for innocence, I would believe, and it's used it's used also in action movie categories, and that is used at the point of time at which the character decided to change something fundamentally, and then the action starts and. That's what I see in circular economy. We're drinking that drink that I will tell you later, and then oh. we're changing <laughs> to a more circular economy. And examples where you find it, Leon, Pulp Fiction, Clockwork Orange. And uh, the last thing that I would like to tell you before I, I say what it is, it's yes. a drink for the winner in a sport, in a famous U.S. sport. And in that sport, the sportsman also getting better and better in each iteration. So that's also circular economy. It's starting now. Uh, you have to learn how to improve your performance in, in sustainability, and that's exactly uh, part of the sport, and only the winner gets it. It's not the oh. drink of the second best or the third best. Only the winner. And it's Only the winner. Nick. We're going to make James McClellan guess the drink because I don't want to look it up and cheat here. So, James, do you know what he's drinking? Only the winner gets the drink? I'm, I'm hating to say, is it milk that you're drinking at this time of night, Rake? Yeah, I'm drinking a glass of milk. That's the interesting story about milk. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. That is... Oh, you're making me cry, Reich. I know that you didn't. My, my dad, uh, who passed away about 22 years ago, was a big milk drinker, and he would go to beautiful restaurants with my mom from time to time. He was a physician, a doctor, and they would go out with other doctors, go out to nice restaurants, and it would be time for dessert, and the waiter would say, Doctor, do you want coffee or tea or, or an after-dinner drink? And he'd say, No, I'd like a glass of milk. I swear to God. <laughs> Just, and, and, and even more than that, he liked, he liked buttermilk, which you 
you know, uh, James may know this. James, I'm referencing you as, as not my compadre here. I'm a baby boomer. I know you're younger than me, but there is a recipe for what they call clabbering milk where you put a little bit of vinegar, pure white vinegar, into milk and you stir it at room temperature for a little bit and it will clabber and get thick and that will make the equivalent of buttermilk or sour milk that's thick. I don't know if I'm, I'm upsetting James with this. But anyway, Reich, thank you for that. I'm, I'm just absolutely delighted that you mentioned milk. Very few people ever mention it on our show. So you are, you are the winner. You are the winner. That's great. James, are you drinking milk that's clabbered or are you drinking something straight up that's, that's a clear? Go talk to me. <laughs> well, I have to give a shout out to my two colleagues that are joining us on the panel today because I know it's later in their evening. So I was expecting something with a, with a wine or a schnapps coming from Drake at this time of night, but uh, good for him. <laughs> but, uh, no, I am, I am doing my traditional, uh, as I've moved to the U.S., inquired a taste for it. I'm drinking my, uh, my regular Lipton's iced tea, so relatively boring, but, uh, uh, but it is decaffeinated, so I know that uh, both you and I, Bonnie, that uh, we have to lower down the caffeine as the day goes on with the radio programs. <laughs> Yes, we do. James, James's show is Thursday afternoon here on the East Coast. I'm at, it's now, what, what time is it? 2.21 p.m. in New York. And uh, he's my last show. His time slot is the last show of our broadcast week. We start out on Tuesday morning at 10, and we end up on Thursday afternoon at 2 to 3 p.m. So thank you for that acknowledgement, James. And uh, thank you for guessing milk. That was really, really good. So we are going to do a saving grace here, a little bit of a an off-air uh, collaboration here. We're going to have a break and just a minute. 90 seconds is all will be gone. And when we come back, we have a lot more to talk about a very serious topic, the circular economy, creating resourceful business models. And I think you could say the opposite of that is getting away from wasteful business models. And James, that goes way beyond resources, doesn't it? A wasteful business model could mean anything to any company if they're not doing it well. Am I right? Uh, I, I think absolutely. And as we get into this discussion, I think Ella has already uh, touched on this point that although that we're focused on utilities with this radio series, uh, this really expands across all industries and really has to work to get the true value to have them work collaboratively together to get the true value. Yeah, I, th- I think so. There's a lot of meat on the bones here. Great topic, by the way, James. So to our audience, don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back with Ella Rose, with Wright Colina, and with Mr. James McClellan. I'm Bonnie D. Graham right now, and I plan to still be after the break. So there. So all I'll say to our engineer is Kevin out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The digital world is moving faster than ever, and the future will be defined by how quickly business leaders adapt to accelerated ongoing change. The definition of future success is being shaped by many factors, such as more digitally demanding employees, customers, and partners, an increasing variety of digital devices, resource scarcity coupled with data abundance, and extensive business networks and complex supply chains. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how the digital world can lead to a better future for everyone. Game-Changing Utilities of the Future is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. 
follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Game-Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to game-changing utilities of the future. Welcome back. We're talking about the circular economy. Think resources, resourcefulness. Think waste, not want, not. Think way more than recycling. We're speaking with Ella Rose at Forum for the Future. I'll ask her in a moment what her organization does. Reich Kulina at SAP. She's the global lead for waste recycling and environmental services. And our series sponsor, James McClelland at SAP Utilities and Energy Industry Marketing. So, Ella, I'm going to pick some topics here from your list, but first, why don't you please tell us what is Forum for the Future? Forum for the Future um, is a non-profit organization based with headquarters here in London. We have um, also various other um, a bit smaller um, offices around the world. Um, but we are based here mainly um, and started here with our found, founder, um, Jonathan Porritt. 20 years ago now, and um, we're working with global companies around the world um, uh, mainly big companies to um, create what we call the big shift. So we want to transform systems with businesses and shape business as usual um, to drive sort of systemic change. Um, so what I mean by that is that we try to help our partners to see the interconnection between different um, very tricky sustainability challenges um, help them to understand with whom they have to work together, which stakeholders do they have to involve uh, to make these big global challenges, uh, to find solutions to these challenges together. Um, so we are really um, driven by collaboration, um, but, but also by systems thinking. Thank you very much, Ella. Very interesting, and I'm, I know you do good work. Let's take a look at your notes here, and, and here's where we're going to start the roundtable. Ella told me before the show, the circular economy is gaining more and more traction and awareness. It relies on better connections between people, businesses, and industries, and digital technologies are a key driver. A lot of interesting thoughts in there. Ella, please tell us more, and then we'll invite Rake and James to chime in. So go ahead, Ella. Yeah, so we um, we see much more interest from our partners and businesses around the circular economy um, over the the last few years. I think um, when I researched the topic in my master's degree, it was still quite unknown to businesses. Uh, but over the years, it really have uh, have become a part of the business language. Um, and um, yeah, we we have various projects with. Uh, companies like Coca-Cola and Unilever 
to help them to map out the systems and understand where the sort of resources are flowing, etc. Um, but also to define really the business opportunities in the circular economy, which are, which are pretty big. And um, actually, I always find it quite easy to sort of sell the the business case of the circular economy compared to other um, themes uh, and, and trends in, in sustainability because it is just so obvious that um, resource efficiencies, cost reductions, etc. is always just a really easy sell to, um, to engage uh, companies into this discussion. Um, so, yeah, we worked uh, a few years ago. We started to work with Unilever and Circular Economy and we developed together a Circular Business Model Toolkit um, where we explore the different business models that could drive the circular economy. Um, and nowadays it's used uh, internally at Unilever to drive um, innovation around the circular economy, um, as they told us. So um, that was one project we did in that area. But yeah, we see, we see a lot of demand in that space, which is great. Um, and um, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Bonnie, um, the digital technologies are just a great enabler for the circular economy. Because when we think about the circular economy, it's based and it's, it requires completely new connection between businesses, business and people, um, business and governments. So um, what digital does is offering these connections between uh, these different stakeholders and gives them more platform. We've seen uh, great new business models, um, you know, platforms like Globechain, where they are helping to connect businesses with charities and so that the surplus products are um, circled between the two stakeholder groups and various other um, new business models. Um, but the digital technologies are uh, particularly interesting for us as well. Um, if we think about, you know, what it, what it means for behavior change and how it could help that uh, in connection with the circular economy, but also in sort of, you know, using sensors and, and, and tracking the supply chain uh, and making it much more transparent. So there are huge opportunities uh, for the digital technologies to help the circular economy forward. Thank you very much, Ella. Very interesting introduction, Ray Kalina. Love to have your thoughts on what Ella introduced. Do you agree about the connections and about digital transformation? What do you see? Yeah, we at SAP are a software company helping businesses to run better, simpler, and uh, yeah, also looking into making the, uh, uh, yeah, helping customers to fulfill the UN global goals. And uh, yeah, I've looked into that topic of circular economy and how uh, yeah, digital transformation can help businesses to, to fulfill that goals and to help that. And one of the aspects that Ella mentioned or that, that we see is that uh, production companies are changing from selling products uh, to a service model. So product as a service is called that principle, and you see it across all the, all the industries. You see it fashion as a service, light as a service, mobile phone as a service, cars as a service are called car sharing, for example, or yeah, in, the, in that case. And uh, that's uh, what you see in the, in the circular economy. Digital transformation technologies enabled it. You can see how the customers are consuming the product, and then you can optimize resources. So, for example, you can optimize which kind of washing machine you will have in a house, and then it's the responsibility of the production company to pro 
place you the right washing machine in the house that consumes less resources and fulfill mm -hmm. the needs that you have to, to uh, at home uh, to have clean clothes at home. That's your that's your need. You don't want to look in the internet and search for the best. Uh, gadget and the best uh, washing machine. You want to have, you want to fulfill a, um, a need and you want to have a service and that's what we see and in the end it helps to produ produce less, uh, yeah, less things and uh, save for some resources and get the old uh, use um, machines back, recycle them better because you have a focused collection on the old washing machines for example And then, uh, in the end, we have the things of zero waste or less waste and the circular economy fulfilled. That's yeah, that's interesting part, how both transformations that we see combined and bring even more value to the economy. Thank you very much. Very interesting. James McClellan, love to have your thoughts on what Ella introduced as well as write Kalina's comments. Go ahead, James. Yeah, absolutely. Like the the connection or the interconnected of things, and, and we've used the term in previous shows, and we'll have another one focused, but this is all the Internet of Things, and, and the sensors talking to each other uh, is pinnacle uh, for this to be able to, to really take traction and gain value. Uh, if we're focused on waste and recycling, to have s sensors to be able to help sort the materials, as Rake was saying, uh, for, for better recycling, what can be reused. Uh, is it sensors with the smart grid? Uh, is it sensors on traffic through smart cities? And smart cities is really going to be a big pinnacle on how they'll be developed uh, with the whole circular economy uh, kept in mind of how can we reduce emissions? Uh, how can we better sort things? How can we maximize the use and life value of certain assets. So it's, it's that whole Internet of Things, the connecting of the sensors, and being able to share that type of data across, uh, across industry. Very interesting. James, I want to introduce another term here and ask your thoughts on it. Earlier today, this morning at 10 o'clock, I did a show on the future of manufacturing with Game Changers. You may know Thomas Pohl. He works with uh, Dave Parrish and uh, Stefan Gertzkin at SAP uh, in the manufacturing area. And we did a show on a different type of economy. We're talking with you and Ella and Reich right now about the circular economy. We talked about the outcome-based economy. And the example I found, James, and I, I want to see if there's any uh, connection here, talking about Ella saying there's connections, the connection between what I described in the opening of that show today about a washing machine with enough sensors that it would know when a part was about to break. It would notify the manufacturer or the third-party repair company, and it would arrange an appointment so that that part would be repaired on-site in the owner's home, in the consumer's home, without them having to have a flood or a breakdown of the mechanics of the washing machine. So is this part, this outcome economy, is this part of what we're talking about circular in terms of having resources in the right place at the right time and the business model of the outcome you can give through sensors, which you mentioned, James, versus just uh, saving that washing machine for, for, you know, for your grandchildren. So can you help me figure this one out, James? Yeah, well, we don't worry about those discreet guys. We're all energy-focused here on this call. <laughs> but, uh, I deserve uh, that. <laughs> but no, yes. you're, 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 you're absolutely right. And this is where we, if we take a look at it from an from a energy perspective, this is all predictive asset health. Uh, how can I see if a transformer is overheating? Uh, because they tend to go boom. 
Uh, it's not like a cell signal that you just get the beep, beep, beep. So how can I save that transformer? That's real dollars to the utility industry. How can I have these sensors in place uh, that are more predictive and can alert us uh, that uh, we, can, we can save something, we can reroute energy, whether it's that smart grid, uh, whether it's, it's waste to be able to better sort materials, uh, you know, saving the life of, of an asset, uh, maximizing its lifespan, uh, it, it all falls right into it. So I hadn't heard the, the outcome-based terminology before, but definitely part of the theme of the circular economy. Well, James, I'll tell you something interesting to me, maybe funny to you, but almost every show I've done this week for Game Changers Radio has had another economy. We talked about with Changing the Game with HR the other day. We talked about uh, the talent economy. No, that was – we did a, an HR – a topic on coffee break yesterday. That was what it was. It was a part two. We talked about the talent economy. So, so far this week, I've learned about the circular economy, the outcome economy, and the talent economy. I don't know how many more economies we can have, but I think it's getting very, very interesting. Thank you, James, for that. And uh, Ella, anything you want to add to this before I move on to some notes from Reich? Yes, I found this uh, example very interesting because, I mean, there are lots of opportunities in, like, um, tracking products throughout the supply chains, uh, uh, but also, you know, to inform the consumers about their recyclability, the u- reusability of the products through, you know, included digital um, services within the products. Um, but I'm, what I'm also very interested in is, you know, what, what, um, uh, how does it change the relationship that we have between people and products? Because when products become more like sort of human-like and give us more information and start, you know, talking to you um, like the smart, like smartphones do today, etc. Um, all mm-hmm. the digital enabled products, um, you know, how can that drive behavior change and sort of drive on the circular economy by behavior change? That makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Thank you very much, Ella. I appreciate your introducing a great a great intro to our topic. Let's look at Reich's notes here. Reich, I'm going to bring up uh, a B word. Okay, everybody, settle down. Bitcoin and blockchain. I'm looking at your notes. This is such a hot topic. Uh, James, I think we did a, a blockchain utilities topic a couple weeks ago with you, and I've covered it on uh, blockchain and marketing, and we covered the demonetization of certain currencies and certain world economies in terms of blockchain taking over. So I'm looking at Reich's notes here, and this followed, this uh, caught my attention. Reich says, for intelligent assets to create value in the circular economy, the development of an open and global payment protocol is required. The technology behind Bitcoin blockchain has the potential to enable the billions of Internet devices that will negotiate with with each other to unleash market forces. This is a big deal, I think. So, Reich, why don't you tell us more? Yeah. So, coming back to the example of washing machine as a service. So, you have the intelligent washing machine in your house uh, that um, collects some data from the hardware and you need to distribute it across multiple businesses. So you have this service company, you have this uh, machine vendor that produces the machine, so some operator pers- uh, person, you need the billing maybe for the service. And that is a, a lot of data exchange. And uh, yeah, we see the opportunity for blockchain technology so that you can distribute uh, this data across all the parties that are interested in the data and making the service better. And on the other hand, 
uh, saving natural resources and therefore fulfilling the needs of circular economy. So that's, that's where we see, for example, the distributed database concept of blockchain. And on the other hand, so think about you have an old classic washing machine in your house and you want mm-hmm. to dispose it. You want to ensure that it's uh, um, not put on a landfill. You want to ensure that it's completely uh, uh, disposed and that some uh, valuable materials like rare metals are recycled and putting back to new washing machines and new hardware. And think about that. People are afraid that uh, the, the washing machine is not recycled and they would even pay more for their environmental services and for their recycling companies if they get a guarantee that these machines are recycled correctly and uh, that they are uh, not br- uh, brought to Africa and, yeah, and, and uh, kids are um, yeah, taking out the metals out of it and you see the the strange stories and the bad and sad stories from Africa. That's what people not want to see, and that's not the principle of circular economy. And blockchain maybe helps to put more transparency into that one, and um, yeah, and put more pressure to have really good uh, services also in the end of life of classical products. End of life for classical products. There you go. I, I brought up the term earlier today on another show about built-in obsolescence. Does that even apply anymore? James McClellan, love to get your thoughts. Bitcoin, blockchain, circular economy. How do you see it? Yeah, I always amazed on where some of these programs go that uh, we, we're focused on utilities and yet our, our major example is on washing machines, but it's an excellent example. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether I'm glad or sorry, but go ahead. Yeah, I'm glad. But, I'm glad. Go ahead. What do you say? No, but but uh, you know, having having things like blockchain or Bitcoin, I think has we're we're just on the cusp of it. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are still trying to feel out exactly where the benefits come in. But you know, Eric brings up a, a, an excellent type example, and it goes back to the days that you used to get a penny or a nickel or something like that to return a bottle, uh, mm-hmm. so that you know, there was some way of having a currency come back. But when we're dealing with multiple currencies, you almost need a currency-neutral uh, type credit system uh, to be able to ensure uh, this type of a circular economy. So uh, there's, there's definitely, I think, great advantages for it. I think a lot of companies are still learning. Um, as we see circular economy, we go back to Ella when she was first tar- uh, speaking about the companies that she's worked with, this is where it's very good for other companies, especially like uh, utilities, uh, for cross-pollination of best practices. And uh, it's, it's not just an industry-specific requirement. It's something that spans across all industries and how all industries can learn from each other uh, with a circular economy type principle. Good. Thank you very much, James. Interesting. You're right. We, we never know where these conversations are going to go. That's why I tell our, our new panelists, James, when I meet nice people like Reich and Ella on our prep calls, and our listeners don't really know this, I meet with all of our newcomers, our new panelists, before their first time on Game Changers Radio to introduce them to what I think is a very unique format, that this is people having a conversation. That's what we're trying to do. And, of course, talk about important topics and convey interesting information. So it's unscripted. That's what I tell the panelists. We can't follow along, okay, Reich, you take these two slides, and Ellie, you take these, because we never know where the conversation is going to take us, and and I think that's a good thing. Ella Rose, love to get your thoughts on this. Any interest in uh, talking about Bitcoin or 
blockchain regarding enabling IoT devices for the circular economy. Ella? Yeah, definitely. It's a very interesting area and, again, a great um, driver for the circular economy and driving transparency across the supply chains. Um, I just thought, you know, where we're talking about washing machines, we can start talking about <laughs> fish. So um, okay. there's a really interesting um, startup here in London. It's called Provenance. And um, I thought it's just interesting to um, quickly talk about it because it is actually the, one of the few examples um, of organization that already put the blockchain into practice. So what they've done is they, um, put, they, they managed to track fish from the, from, from the actual court to the consumer and put it on the blockchain every step of, this, of the supply chain and value chain. Um, so very interesting startup here. Very, very interesting. It, it certainly is a hot topic. Um, let me circle back around to Reich Kalina. Reich, anything you want to add to this before we move on to something from James? Yeah, we see uh, blockchain um, across all the topics. So in utility, in the supply chain, in public sector. And we have an example that's interesting also for our municipal waste collection companies that we have in, in Europe. So we have uh, so an interesting example is the document flow uh, that is across the organizations, for example, in a city. And we have an example in Italy at which blockchain is the stamp on a personal document and uh, you don't have uh, need access on a central repository to have uh, a, a stamp on your, um, on your certificate or whatever you want to exchange and what, what uh, is the digitalization of, of this process of trans- transporting in the end documents from, uh, from one organization to the other one. And that's coming back to the circular economy is, is an interesting aspect. So currently the transport documents in waste management processes are really a classical process with paper documents or with classical IT infrastructures. And many waste companies have really uh, problems to keep that system alive and manage the software lifecycle. And it it's, uh, costs a lot of money. And blockchain maybe helps it with the examples from, from the cities uh, to maybe uh, make it simpler, saving some costs, and uh, have the, still the same transparency across the, the things that the governments want to see in waste management. Thank you very much, Reich. Interesting. And James McClellan, we have enough time to sneak in one more topic here. Let's see if we can even have time to go around the table. You want to talk about smart cities, and I want to talk about smart cities because we actually have a series, James McClellan, called Smart Cities of the Future. Actually, it's called Game Changing Smart Cities, uh, and that's a series we do on Tuesdays, and there's one coming up next week on public safety. So James says cities consume 75% of natural resources globally. Cities produce 50% of global waste and 60 to 80 percent of greenhouse gas emissions. 60 percent of world's populations are expected to be living in urban areas by 2030. And James, I think it's up to 70 percent by 2050. I've seen that. So James says it's imperative for cities to adopt circular economy systems to conserve what we're talking about, conserve global resources, reduce waste streams and emissions. James, please tell us more. Yeah, so we're, we're back to the point that we have to start building our teams. If we're focused on smart cities, and that's, that's one of the big buzzes that's going on around the world today, uh, that 
the circular economy needs to be front and center. Uh, we need to have the whole Internet of Things uh, sensors working together, sharing that data across many different industries. So public sector uh, has an interest at the table. Automotive has an interest at the table. Waste has an interest at the table. Utilities, telecommunications. So you need to have this data spanning across all these different industries and that you can share that same data. Uh, the trick is um, that uh, how do we get everybody onto the same page? Uh, mm-hmm. How are we going to start doing the development planning? And if we do it right, then this is where we can reap the benefits. If you take a look at those numbers that you, you spoke of, Bonnie, if we could reduce waste by just 1% or 2% in the next couple of years in these urban areas, uh, it would be a, a huge change to the world just being able to start recycling. Um, you, you take a look at the number of mobile phones that get recycled each year and how many of those go out into waste or batteries that go into waste uh, and, and end up in landfills. Um, you know, these don't break down easily, and they cause problems with emissions into the air. Uh, so we need to be able to change the way that we do business, whole new set of business models, but to be able to work effectively, it needs multiple different players from different industries to almost blur their division lines and work together on the same data set. Very interesting. And James, that goes back to, I think this was, yeah, one of Ella's earlier comments. She said the circular economy relies on better connections between people, businesses, and industries. That's what you're saying, correct? Absolutely. We've got to connect. See, it all comes to talk about circular. We're going around in the circle here. We have about two and a half minutes left till we go into our predictions crystal ball round. So, Ella, would you like to comment on what James said about smart cities, consuming natural resources, and the dire need to lower waste Waste in, in regard to how circular economy can help? Ella Rose, thoughts? Yes, I think um, that cities are the right point to test out the circular economy uh, just because they're quite bounded systems to to sort of start experimenting. Um, so what we've done uh, with a project called Glocal, we worked with uh, Ecover, where we tried out um, to implement a circular economy on the island of Mallorca and sort of trying to use cleaning products um, uh, using local waste materials and sort of creating the first closed-loop system on an island. And it just shows that these sort of centralized um, areas are really good playgrounds um, to test it out. And one um, other note on this, I think what is really important when we talk about smart cities is open data and open data platforms, uh, which are so like a big enabler, again, for the circular economy um, to happen. So if government is opening up data, if business is opening up data for data collaboration, then we will also see the circular economy driving forward. Thank you very much. Right, Colleen, I'll give you just one minute to comment on that. Do you have anything to add about cities and circular? Yeah, I quickly want to point back to my quote. So there are a lot of successful projects around the world. We need to learn from the successful projects, from the established waste management systems, for example, in Germany here, and translate it to to the uh, countries that have the problems with waste management. And Uh, making the world better by that one that's already existing. Thank you very much. Guess what? 
Michaela Ella Rose. I'm giving your full name because I need your full attention. It's time to go into the crystal ball predictions round. I'm going to give you 60 seconds to tell us what do you see will change about this topic, the circular economy and anything or everything we discussed, waste and utilities and resources and lowering the re- lowering waste and, and helping to inform connections in smart cities to do a better job with their resources, any or all of the above. Around the year 2020, what would be different? What do you think is changing on this topic? Ella Rose, prediction, 60 seconds. Please go. Yeah, 2020 is not very far out. It's two and a half years. So I don't Mm -hmm. expect major changes, but I expect that the circular economy is much more interwoven um, compared to its already today and to the business language that we will see uh, all major companies have a circular economy target and a vision embedded in their sustainability strategies. Um, but on the longer term, when we look out the further horizon, 2030, I think circular economy won't be a topic anymore if we did it right. So it will be just how the economy runs uh, and everything will be much more connected and resources yeah, are much Isn't more that- used, much more circular. Great observation. It'll just be the economy. Interesting. So I won't have to talk about the circular economy and the outcome-based economy and the talent economy. And interestingly enough, we do a show also on social selling. And the word on the street is that by 2020, we won't be talking about social selling. We'll just be talking about selling. Back to the basics. There you go. Thank you, Ella. Right, Kalina, love to get your 60-second prediction. Go ahead. So my hope is that we all have a smaller footprint uh, of the consumption of natural sources. And yeah, I'm predicting that digital circular economy businesses will lead the industry, not the classical one that produce products, really the, the one that captured the ideas of circular economy and digital business. And that will lead the industry. And uh, yeah, we will consume less products and more products as a service. So more that, that kind of washing machine as a service. And that in the end, the world is, in 2020, a little bit more cream. A little bit more. I like that. And drinking more milk, I think that would be important. Thank you very much. (laughs) I am, by the way, a big milk drinker. It's my one addiction. I just can't stop. You should see what I go through in a week. Don't even ask. James McClellan, I saved 60 seconds. Actually, I have 90 seconds for you, James. A whole whopping 90 seconds. What do you predict? Well, I think we're going to be taking little steps. Uh, You know, as Ella said, 2020 is only two and a half years away, but I think that we will see pockets of success that will start building momentum uh, and and seeing how we make this world more green, how do we make it more sustainable. Uh, It'll be a change of many different business models. So whether we're talking about this washing machine, uh, that means that manufacturers need to be able to change the way that they make these these type of models uh, and then put it into something that's not cost prohibitive that the public can consume uh, and change what they currently have. So there's a whole change of infrastructure that will have to take place, and that takes time and that takes money. But I think it will go in little steps. The one disruptor or hindrance that I see is we've, we've talked that many different industries need to get in bed with each other for this to truly be uh, an effective type uh, economy. And for those industries all to work together, that's that share, sharing of, of, of common data, sensor data, personal data. And boing, there goes the, uh, you know, the age-old problem that we have with Internet of Things is data security and invasion mm-hmm. of privacy. So how are we going to ensure that 
all these different people can take a look at the same piece of data, but ensure that it's not going to be used or leaked out. Uh, and how do I ensure that me as a consumer, uh, just with my washing machine at home, uh, heaven knows that we've talked about smart meters and people understanding my, my energy usage profiles. How do we have some type of security, but also that there isn't an invasion of privacy as well? Thank you. Always rearing its head, isn't it, James? The idea of security, privacy, I don't think it exists anymore, but it's just its what I hear a lot of our, our futurist experts on various shows, game-changing radio shows, say. James McClellan, you did great again. Thank you for inviting Michaela Ella Rose from Forum of the Future and Wright Kalina from SAP to join us today. Congratulations to the panel. I thought it was a wonderful conversation. Appreciation as well as congratulations. We've been talking about the circular economy. There'll be James, what's your next topic coming up in a couple weeks. Any idea yet? Actually, uh, Rake is going to, to make a second appearance onto the show. Oh. So, uh, Rake, do, would you like to <laughs> introduce the topic real quick? Real fast, Rake. One sentence. Yeah, uh, and aspects of utilities as part of this market. I love it. Thank you very much. Good to know you're coming back. And thank you to the three of you. And thank you also to Kevin, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. And James, are you going to be at Sapphire? I definitely will. So I'll be looking you up. I'll, I'll be in the way in the back off the show floor broadcasting on the worldtalkradio slash voiceamerica.com event channel for three solid days doing interviews. You know where I'll be. You just come and find me. The redhead with the, with the uh, big headset plastered on her skull. That's going to be me. They're not going to let me out for three days. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is the end of our broadcast week. It's been great. We covered so many kinds of economies. I don't know. I think they call about economy of scale. Well, we're just scaling up with more and more types of economies. If you want to hear more, tune in next week for five more live hours of Game Changers Radio. Here's my call to action. You know what it is, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Fasten your seatbelt. Maybe there's a sensor in it and it's going to say, what did you have for dinner last night? What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Game-Changing Utilities of the Future, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.